0: It's that time of the week again. You are about to participate in a great adventure. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop? What the hell do you think you're doing? It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris. Oh my god! As they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. I wouldn't do that if I were you. You had time to wait, and I'm not sorry. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year, <laughs> as well as the music of today. Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Who are those guys? Digital Kill the Radio Star starts. Come on, quit
1: stalling! Hey everybody, this is David with the Digital Kill, the Radio Star Podcast. Uh, This week I'm flying solo. Chris is in Memphis, couldn't be here with me, but uh, could not be happier for uh, our guest this week. Um, It's a band that that I'm a big fan of and very proud to say they're from my home state, Mississippi. Uh, So if you know anything about music, you know anything, you know about the North Mississippi All-Stars, three-time, is it three-time Grammy? Yeah, man. Three-time Grammy nominated uh blues blues rock band from yes. the hill country of north mississippi uh i am here with one of their founding members and their drummer singer and washboard player <laughs> cody dickinson how are you cody
2: very well david thanks for having me man no problem all right so
1: cody whenever we have someone on our podcast yeah the first two questions we ask them and yours is i'm very interested in sure earliest memory of music yeah of your first favorite band
2: okay wow great questions okay uh My first, my earliest memory in music is, uh, I remember seeing my dad's band, Mudboy and the Neutrons, play in Memphis. And uh, I remember one of the, um, uh, Jill Lancaster, the wife of the bass player, asking me how old I was and holding up four fingers. So I was four years old and that was like, that was my first exposure to live music. And um, uh, so Mudboy and the Neutrons, was my father, Jim Dickinson, uh, Lee Baker, who was an incredible guitarist from Arkansas. Um, He was uh, uh, Furry Lewis's right-hand man. He played a lot of guitar with Furry Lewis. And uh, and Jimmy Crossway on washboard, which is where I learned the washboard, uh, and we'll get to that later. And uh, Jimmy is an incredible uh, Memphis musician. uh, he's still playing. Uh, we still actually do Sons of Mudboy gigs um, quite a bit up in Midtown, and it's a lot of fun playing with the kids. I'll talk about that, too. And then uh, Sid Selvage was okay. the fourth member of Mudboy, and they were like... Bob Dylan descri- described them as that great band that no one could find. They were sort of designed to never tour and to be just super obscure, but they were... You know, Mud Boy were like the godfathers of the Memphis underground subculture, and uh, they very much influenced what the North Mississippi All-Stars do, you know.
1: Well, for those that aren't familiar, Cody's father is the late, great musician and producer Jim Dickinson. Right. If you've ever heard Wild Horses, that's him on piano. Yeah. Uh, He was on Bob Dylan's Time Out of Mind, is that right? Yes, that's right. And produced uh, albums for The Replacements, for uh, Big Star... A uh, huge list of people, and um, if you have you read Keith Richards' book, yes, the opening part is Life. a story about your dad saying you should drive through uh, Arkansas to get to Texas, and of course, you know, they get popped. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, I do want to ask you about your father because um, sure, I, I followed, like I said, I was telling you, I followed you guys since college when you were gut bucket. That's you man, All-Stars. you know, your stuff,
2: David. I appreciate that, and
1: um you know when your father passed it was a big celebration of his life yes. and his music and Absolutely. he touched a lot of people and he had eclectic taste he liked everything from what i could tell for sure um how did he guide you when you were growing up musically was he like here's music just like what you like or was he kind of steering you in the direction you wound up going
2: well that's a great question man and it's a it's a long it's a big question you know it's a long answer uh to go all the way back when i First started playing music I was literally in kindergarten I think doing a uh, a talent show and he he discouraged me at first at the very beginning he was like I remember him saying don't do it just because I do it it's a hard life you know that kind of thing but that was the only time and I was literally a child and from that point forward he encouraged us and helped us in so many ways man like still to this day I um I look back and I realized things that he had done to, uh, to to you know set us on our way and to sort of um, he had a, a real long view. He had he had the ability to see around the corner, man. He knew what was coming way in the future. He was a he was a a, um, a forward thinker, you know. And he definitely set you know blazed the trail for us and, and set us on a great path. Uh, like when we were kids, man. Uh, my brother Luther and I had a band with him. The first band we played in was called the Hardly Can Playboys, right? And uh, we would do um, the Heritage Fest in Memphis, uh, the Center for Southern Folklore Festival up there. And uh, that was the first time I ever played in public, man. I was like, you know, 12 or something like that. But the set list varied, man. It was like you said, he had super eclectic taste. But we would do we would do a rock and roll song, we would do a a shuffle, we would do a, um, you know, like a a Latin groove, a ballad, so when I go back and look at these set lists, like the songs that that he chose, he was teaching us, he was training us to be versatile and and to play all different kinds of music, you know, and um, he was also super helpful with recording, you know, Um, being a studio musician uh, these days is kind of a lost art, to be honest, and him a big majority of his career was sort of behind the scenes uh working in studio bands and producing records and stuff um he was in a great rhythm section called the Dixie Flyers right in uh Miami and Criteria which is actually where he went on to record with Dylan years later but um but he taught me you know how to how to make records you know like there's a certain style of drumming specifically that, that lends itself towards studio recording and um, you know which really is based in song um, it's it's song based playing but also a uh, big emphasis on tempo and you know sort of precision right as opposed to live music the interesting thing is you know how kids are man you know you, you, you soak up, you soak up what your parents give you but you also find your own way and rebel to a certain degree and like Luther and I you know, when we started the North Mississippi All-Stars, it, we, it was very much a live, you know, a live band. You know, our music was like, uh, uh, it's sort of um, based in improvisation and, um, and sort of the energy of a live concert. So we, uh, we, um, we uh, in a way, did our own thing with what he had given us and sort of took it our own way.
1: Well, so your first album comes out, Shake Hands right. with Shorty. Most bands honestly don't ever have record an album that good in their lifetime. Oh, thank you. And you man. guys do it out of the shoot. Right. I mean, um, Universal Acclaim. Um, and you guys go from, you know, kind of a regional band to here you're, you're being written about in, in all the magazines, especially yeah. the jam band scene yeah. and stuff like that. How, was that just a. a was that take off so much faster than you thought it was going to be? Or when you're in there um, recording it, you realize how good it is?
2: Wow, man, thank you very much for that. Uh, you know, uh, that's a great question. We had, you know, we had, um, it's that 10,000 hours thing, you know, where it's like uh, 10,000 hours of mastery, right? We had, we had been playing as a band for at least, I mean, Luther and I had had bands for 10 years at that point. But the All Stars have been going strong for I would say at least four years. We formed in '96. That album came out in 2000, and uh, so we had been playing quite a bit, you know. And we had done. We've been doing three or four nights on Beale Street, uh, like a, we would do Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday um, residencies on Beale Street in Memphis, and then Friday and Saturday we would tour. And we would go like. We would go down to Oxford or go over to Knoxville and do like college parties and things like that. And we were cutting our teeth. But man, honestly, we weren't even thinking about making a record. And uh, we were... Vicksburg, Mississippi was one of the first cities uh, to really catch on to the All-Stars. It was like the first shows we ever sold out it's just kind of weird but um it's true that's
1: where george mcconnell's from
2: absolutely good. yeah absolutely and um there's a place called the biscuit company down there and Les pyramid would have us and we would do around this time of year we would do this thing called blue christmas and and it was the first club we ever sold out you know where it was like hundreds of people coming and and we knew something was special happening something special was happening um And I remember, you know, friends of mine being like, you need to record a record. And we're like, well, okay, you know, like we hadn't honestly considered it. We were just working, you know. And uh, there were a lot of things converging at that time, though. Like the North Mississippi Hill Country Blues was making sort of a, it was a, a, a special time for Arl Burnside and Junior Kimbrough. And we were learning directly from these musical families in the community that we grew up around, grew up in. And uh, their, their music was exploding and like R.L.'s career was on fire and uh, we were really good friends with his kids and Luther was really great, he was very close to Other Turner and um, so we were learning through osmosis from Junior Kimbrough hanging out at his juke joint on Sunday nights and this music was just, it was just, we were just soaking it in, you know, and interpreting it and making it sort of our own. Mixing it with the kind of that jam band Allman Brothers kind of vibe. And uh, so it was a a perfect timing of like this sort of um, creative explosion that we were a part of, a scene that was happening in our community. And, uh, you know, there was also um, the jam band scene was just starting to really take off. So there was a great community there as well of bands like uh, Government Mule, and Galactic, you know, like these sort of bands were taking us on the road, and we were opening for them, and picking up their their tricks of their trade, you know, and we just sort of took all of these influences and mashed them together into into our own sound, and we were just blessed to to be able to form an identity at that young age, at that early time, and uh, shake. But to answer your question, man, shake hands with Shorty was very much a very um, it was. Uh, We had a real strong sense of identity. We knew what we wanted to do. We recorded that, re-recorded that record two or three times. And it wound up being just my brother and I, with the assistance of our friend Kevin Houston, recording it in a barn in uh, Coldwater, Mississippi called Zebra Ranch. And we mixed it ourselves on this little bitty console called a Topaz, and we had no idea what was going to happen with that, you know. And when we released it, and our good friend David Bartlett believed in us and signed us to Tone Cool Records, right? And, man, we had no idea what it was going to do. And when it came out, the reception that it got was, was just beautiful. And, um, you know, as an artist, there's nothing like connecting with people on that kind of level. And it changed our lives, man, forever. You know, like you said, the media really gave us a lot of love. And uh, we were able to tour all over the United States and into Europe, um, eventually all over the world. We've been to Japan and Australia, you know. Um, but that first record was really special, man. Like, we played Glastonbury and Leeds and Reading and all these crazy festivals, man. And, like, being able to share the stage with our heroes, you know, can, like, like, I'm a fan too, man, you know. So it was like, you know, there we were playing with Oasis and... You know, people like that—it's crazy.
1: Yeah, Noel Gallagher was on the uh, Polaris album, yes. right? Yes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he befriended us, and um, that was—that's an amazing story, man. Like we were—we were having a really great time in London. We have a lot of uh, musical brothers and sisters over there. Um, we just made a lot of friends there, and we would go back and play quite a bit. And Oasis just started coming to our shows. First, Noel came to one of our shows. I didn't talk to him then. Then they came back. Uh, Oh, uh, God, where was it? It was the garage or something like that. And uh, he brought his whole band. Like, he brought his brother, Liam, and uh, all the band members at the time. And uh, we talked and hit it off. And they wound up taking me up to their studio in High Wickham. I watched them record some of Heathen Chemistry. It was crazy, man.
1: Do you, you still keep in touch with him? Or... You know,
2: it's funny. I haven't spoken with him in years, and I would love to reconnect. You know, with someone like that, it's hard. You know, when time when so much time passes, it's hard to reconnect with them. But... You know, if he ever hears this, you know, I hope he knows how much I appreciate I'm a huge
1: Oasis fan.
2: Me too, yeah, I you know. Saw,
1: uh, I saw Noel uh, in March down in New Orleans. Sick. Uh, it was awesome. All right, Cody, I want to be respectful of your time. Thanks, man. Um, I just want to uh, ask you real quick the latest album, Pray for Peace. Yes. Um, it's phenomenal. Thank you. Uh, I think it's uh, It and World Boogie is coming. The last two yeah. records, I think, are two of your best. Thank um, you, brother. And. One of the things I've always appreciated about you guys, yeah. you can change, but yes. you still say the same, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. You, you're always rooted in your roots. Yes. But then, you know, you had Polaris, which is a stylistic turn. It was. Yeah. Electric Blue Watermelon yeah. was different. Hernando was kind of a return to the first album. Yes. And then World Boogie is Coming. I feel like that's kind of the album y'all have always been building towards. I agree, um, yeah. And it was just, it was phenomenal. And you had Robert Plant playing on it. Yes! Yeah! So, yeah. But the latest album like you said is Pray for Peace. Quickly tell everybody about it. Before
2: sure we... thing. So Pray for Peace um, it, uh, was a song uh, my brother wrote. Uh, he was inspired by what was happening socially and politically. Um, you know, we just, it's been such a, there's been so much turmoil and just such a interesting time for everyone, I think, these days. And, Uh, It's a take on that, and um, he wrote it, uh, I don't want to speak out of line for him, but uh, the way I understand it, he wrote it for, uh, from the point of view of uh, Buddy Guy. He imagined, we were on a blues cruise, and he imagined if he were writing a song for Buddy, or if he were Buddy, like, what would he, what would he, how would he, what would he sing about, like, what would he say, and, um, and uh, Pray for Peace is an amazing song. It kind of took on a life of its own, uh, the Blind Boys of Alabama recorded it for their record their most recent record which was incredible man to hear their voices sing our music was crazy man um and we're uh but we're working on a new record we're very excited about it uh uh, it should be coming out um uh either like june uh, like midsummer next year or maybe maybe the fall Okay. But 2019, we, uh, All-Stars have a new record coming out. We're going to hit it hard next year. We're going to play all the festivals. We took most of this year off, which was nice. We got a little break, right. and, um, and and that was good to sort of recharge. But we've hit the ground running, and uh, we have a new team of people we're working with, and we just feel really good about the future.
1: And you're really active on social media. Yeah. So that's uh, that's great. So nmallstars.com is the website? yes. Uh, you can follow Cody on Twitter. Is it at Cody Dickinson? I, uh, I had it all written down. Yeah, uh,
2: CT uh, CT Dickinson okay. is my is my handle.
1: And uh, like I said, that's how I, I hooked up with him. He's uh, he's very active on there. Uh, Cody, real pleasure. I enjoyed uh, you taking a few minutes out and talking to me.
2: Uh, my pleasure. to Have
1: you on in the future we, we can talk longer. At some Let's
2: point. do it, man. All I appreciate right. what you're doing, man. This is great.
1: All right, everybody. That's Cody Dickinson from the North CP All Stars. Have a good week.